This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, if you are a first-time listener, and welcome back, if you are a returning mover and shaker. (laughs) I am so glad that you are here today. I am thrilled to share this interview with you. I think it is simply solid gold and a very fun listen. But before we get into it, I want to draw your attention to a couple things because I am seeing some new daily doers out there. I want to make sure that you guys know I offer some support on my website in the form of an interactive PDF that can help you with your daily projects. If doing daily is a new concept to you, go back and listen to episode one and two. But if you are a daily doer, I do so strongly encourage you, go visit thedanawilson.com, take a look at the store. In there I have a downloadable PDF that helps you organize your project and really make the most of this daily creative challenge. So want to make sure that I say that before I forget. Um, Also, before I forget, Last week's episode was so much fun. I did my first ever live Q&A via Zoom, and so many of my listeners were there with me asking questions, interacting. It was just so much fun. Um, Go back and listen to that if you have a chance. If you dig it, if you're loving it, please do download these episodes and leave a review. If you're moved, if it was helpful, Give us a rating, leave a review. It makes it so much easier for other people to find the podcast. And that is definitely important to me. So thank you in advance for doing that. Okay, let's get into it. This week, as my win, I am celebrating the reconnection to old friends. I probably am not alone in that during the lockdown, I have indeed locked in. (laughs) I've gotten um, pretty self focused. And I think this is a very important win today because in this interview with our guest this week, the lovely Diana Matos, we talk a lot about being self-focused or selfish and the difference between the two. So my win this week is that I, I reached back out to a network of friends that have supported me for a really, really long time but also to new friends, people that I've met during the course of the quarantine, during the course of this time since having a podcast. Um, And I definitely am feeling connected. I am feeling supported. And of course, um, feeling so grateful to have you and this forum to share. So yes, my win is my connection to my friends. And I would love to encourage you, if you haven't in a while, to reconnect to yours. All right, now you go. What is going well in your world? Awesome. Congratulations. I'm so glad you're winning. Keep on crushing it. 
All right, my friends. I don't want to spend too much time preambling here, pre-rambling here. I want to get straight into this interview. My guest this week on the episode is the one, the only, Deanna Matos. In my eyes, an untouchable dancer, um, an incredible presence, an incredible friend, and an incredible role model. I'm so excited to share what she shared sharing on sharing. Um, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us at words that move me podcast on Instagram. She is at Diana Matos on Instagram, D-I-A-N-A-M-A-T-O-S. If you do not already know her or aren't already familiar with her work, please do go get an eyeful. All right. And with that, let's get into it. Please enjoy this conversation with the fabulous Diana Matos. All right. Holy smokes. Let's do this. Diana Matos, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. You are an inspiration to me and to everyone around me. So oh. now, always. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, likewise. And I'm, I'm honored, lucky, count myself extremely special to have been able to share the stage with you before. We've gigged a little bit, nowhere near as much as I would like, actually. Uh Um, You are now a person that you have your own company. You're still crushing it in the industry. Most recently performed in Rihanna's Fenty fashion show, which I do want to talk about. I want to talk about all the things, but before we dig into it, it's... uh, it's commonplace here on the podcast that all of my guests introduce themselves. So tell us anything you would like us to know about you. Hi, my name is Diana Filipa Pereira Moraes de Matos, <laughs> originally from Lisbon, Portugal. I have lived there till I was 21, uh, danced, trained, uh, moved to London 2011, started working commercially and 2014 moved to LA. Um, Yeah, I've been working since then, uh, hugely in the industry, but also very important to me that I stay true to myself, to my voice, to how my body moves, what feels good and organic to me, and trying to build from there, especially right now at this stage of my life. Okay, so let's talk stages then. If If your dance life was a book, what would the chapters be? Would you chapter it out by like Portugal, London, LA, or is there like training, touring, stage? Like how does that get compartmentalized in your brain? How do you think about your dance life? I think to me, it definitely, I definitely compartmentalize it, uh, it being Portugal, it being London, and it being LA. Um, Also because to me, it felt like a restart every single time, professionally and personally. I have to reinvent myself. I have to drop everything financially, everything. It just is always like a big step where I really, I go through a really rough time and then things finally start happening. Um, And especially within that time, there's crazy amounts of growth personally and professionally. Um, So I I would say that's the way I sort of, you know, separated looking back. Um, I guess I was a little bit lost in Portugal. I learned a lot very limited but at the same time i found a way to 
sort of teach myself and reinvent myself because it was an lot back then. And you know, there was no social media, there was no YouTube and it's a really, really small town. So I had to, what, with what I had, I had to sort of re reinvent myself, which those are tools that till this day I use. Um, me moving to London is me, you know, finally breaking through. I barely spoke English at that point. So it's also me understanding, you know, the language and how to talk to other people, how to, how to network, how to audition, how to even submit for an agency, all those things. Um, and then eventually coming to LA where I felt like it was sort of like my last attempt to have a career. I really thought I was maybe only coming for like a year or something and then maybe going back to Europe. And truly that's when my, my career just exploded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I would stage it. I love that. I, and I think that a lot of the people listening can relate to this feeling of starting new and being leveled, being baseline, trying to navigate, trying to transition and really trying to skill up as fast as possible and by any means possible. Mm -hmm. So this like this hungry student in you has been there for every single chapter and and even is currently and now you are attracting hungry students um, with your company talk a little bit about modus what's the mission um to tell me everything um modus it's something that i've always wanted to create right because as much as i believe in training and, and and being in the room with as many choreographers as I could and to, to sponge as much knowledge as I could through my journey. I'm huge uh, on, on understanding what my voice is as an artist, right? And mm -hmm. I've always felt that I had that and very much so because of one, my life journey and two, my culture, um, which is half Portuguese, half African from, from Mozambique. So um, Modus has always been something in the back of my mind where I wanted to create a group of people that I'm able to to utilize my voice and to create this voice in the industry, right? Um, not only that, within the the, the my experience uh, as a professional dancer, I've understood that we sort of have two options, which is to be an artist behind, uh, to be a dancer behind an artist, or to be a teacher slash choreographer, where you travel the world or you do conventions, or right. And those are like the two big options that you have. To me, it start after you know after a while, it started feeling a little bit like, oh, this this is all I have. Um, as an artist, if I don't necessarily want to dance behind an artist anymore, and if either I don't want to teach, uh, or if I choreographing is not my thing, where do I stand? You know. Um, so I think the the industry sort of lacks, especially for commercials, the commercial slash street styles there's a huge gap when it comes to, if I just want to be an artist as a dancer, where do I fit in? So I think Modus, you know, Modus, Modus's goal is to create a company where artists can come and can sort of create a career off of it, where they travel, they're getting paid, they're dancing, they're exploring their artistry, but not necessarily either in the commercial world or they don't have to, you know, there's a lot of people that are not teachers and they end up being teachers because that's really the only option, which is, not a good thing you know um so i think modus down the line the big big picture is to create to have a company commercial slash uh street south uh, street south company that um that we can can give a voice and give a space to all these dancers and artists cool 
I have 45 follow-up questions. I'm going to start with this one. Um, so does the company or do you envision that the company perform together? I know at this point it's a training-based company and the people that become members, the people that get involved, get their butt kicked. I know that this training goes above and beyond what somebody might expect to find in an in-person masterclass. Um, but tell, tell me about how, like, how is this next level training? And do you visualize in-person performances with the company in the future? Definitely visualize performance uh, companies. I think when Moda started with me with COVID and quarantine and lockdown happening and me um, understanding, okay, truly, this is a time for me to for me to do something that I've always wanted to do. I was never really able to because I was just overwhelmed with, you know, job here, rehearsal there. Um, so it's time to do this, but now I'm limited with the circumstances that I can do it. So it has to be online basis. So it has to be as for now and as until I, I'm able to train these dancers to be able to uh, create whatever I can with no limitations, I have to train them. Mm -hmm. So right now in this first stage is very much so a program, an online program, um, where not only you train with me heavily, mm -hmm. um, two times a week. Oh, I've seen the videos. <laughs> it's heavy training. I like sweat and am sore as I watch. It's incredible. Just watch it's incredible. By the way, do you take drop-ins because I have got to do these moves. I need a full 45 minute warm up and then I need to do the moves. <laughs> Absolutely. You're allowed. Actually, that would be a great segment to this if you would come in and film like your whole experience. Great idea. Love it. You're really down. So down. So down. Coming yeah. soon. Coming soon. Um, so you not only tra train heavily with me, but also um, you have we have a grounding uh, class 30 minutes before mine to prep and to sort of uh, condition your body for all this training. And mm. then on Sundays, you have a different style, every single Sunday, a different style. And that goes from foundation, from like Afro, from um, whacking, voguing, house, popping, locking, like all of it and stuff that actually we don't have access to often. And, and, and with the variety that, you know, also at the same time that we can have people from Switzerland to, to South Africa, we also have teachers from everywhere in the world. Um, so that's huge. Massive. I love mm -hmm. that silver lining of this moment. It's remarkable. And what's odd, I mean, it's not odd at all. It's been there for years. I mean, Zoom has been there for years, but we only see what's right in front of us. And now we're looking bigger. We're zooming out. And absolutely, this, absolutely. It, it thrills me to no end. Um, and it's, so it's, it's, let me just add that it's actually really good in the sense that it created this, this almost like this relationship between me and the members in the sense that, you know, if it's a regular class, you come in, there's 60, 70, 100 people who teach groups. Thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. Zoom, it's so personal. I'm looking at dan I'm looking at you dancing individually. Like I'm stopping you and saying, you see how you did that leg? You see how you did that weight wasn't right. It's such a personal relationship, so much more than a regular class. Mm -hmm. I agree. I know there are several people that disagree, that think that the screen, the layer between is a disconnect. I couldn't disagree more. And because you and I are people who, whose work does show up on screen a lot, actually understanding how you look on a screen is an important element that you might not achieve in, a, in an in-person class. There is a difference to those dynamics, to the way that your shapes and your lines look. So although it might be 
technically easier to correct someone in three dimensions, like in person, mm-hmm. hands-on corrections, you might not have seen the thing that you want to correct in person because the, the dance on camera element, at least to me, is hugely important and so appetizing. I love working in this medium. It's so detailed. Oh yes. my God, I love yeah. it so much. So let's talk about the beginning of Modus. I would love to hear what was the most challenging thing about making it. I would say, one, understand how to keep people engaged. A lot of these people, we have people from South Africa to Australia to New Zealand to Europe to London, right? Um, There's people taking class at 5 a.m. that just barely woke up in their little living room or their rented room, you know? Um, So how to keep people, because also we're challenging people so much that after three, four, five weeks, you feel drained almost, right? So to me was how to give a lot and how to really push these people with information, with the level, with how to keep them motivated uh, to want to keep cook, to come back and to continue this so we can actually get to the end goal. Um, it was that, it was how to structure it, how to, how to finesse having that many people and how do I give attention? Suddenly I have 45 little squares what I have to have individual feedback so how long do I determine that feedback you know there's so many little levels um training who to choose to 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 invite for these guest teachers for every Sunday and then it has to be sort of if I give a little footwork this Sunday then that next Sunday maybe it should be a popping or then it should be uh maybe should be a salsa like how to completely shift every single Sunday to keep them almost like to have their bodies uh be pulled in so many directions and that that creates um, a body development and a body flexibility that that's what we're trying to achieve. Right. So as a mentor director, however you want to call it, that's, those are like my biggest challenges to this day, honestly. What you mentioned earlier about there being kind of a divide in terms of once you, once you reach the level of being a professional dancer, you have a few more commonly traveled paths. There's the backup dancer slash commercials, TVs, film type, where you're a contributing part of a big, big picture, or there's the, you are the traveling teacher choreographer person where there's this kind of celebrity it factor, but you're, you're teaching your moves. And then there's the kind of less glorified version of a teacher, which is the person in there doing the daily grind. These are our dance studio owners. These are our teachers who are putting together programs making them attainable, making them feasible, doing the structure, like financing it, deciding budgets, like all of that big stuff. I want to put my focus there because those those people get so overlooked. And I want to emphasize and highlight that that is a creative mega challenge. To, to, to actually build a program is tremendously creative to strategize and finance, you have to get creative. So I I just want to do my part in kind of dismantling the stigma that the people behind JT are the creatives or the people, you know, the, the headliners on your convention are wildly creative. I think the people on the ground building these programs and getting them out into the world and changing lives one little dancing at a time, those are the creative heroes. And, and I think I'm just smitten by that. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, and and that's so funny because to me at first when I thought about the concept, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to teach, you know, four times a week and, and I have to create something new every week. There's a lot of creative choreography or uh, as a teacher uh, pressure, right? That I thought that that was gonna be my biggest challenge and truly is not, is, is how to manage it all. How even I finish class and how do I have to come back and manage all this stuff that I've truly never done in my life. Um, you know, and I had, and then finding an assistant, finding the, how to delegate. Yes. It's a whole process. It's Building whole the team. Thing. I'm, I'm yes. with you, my friend. This is, this is my first time managing a team in my life and I'm learning so much all the time. So what would you say in a, maybe we stick on that subject on the subject of managing a team. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned? And I think this might be might come from a perspective from a personal perspective, but I think how to always put myself in these people's shoes, mm. and how to not let either my my day, my emotions, what I'm going through, really get to that. I'm very I'm very passionate, and that comes with a level of perfectionism, a level of expectation that is quite high, that I expect not only for myself, but I can handle that. Mm-hmm. but to other people mm-hmm. and then it's to really understand that I it's hard for me to think that someone is good unless they're at my level which is not right mm-hmm. for me to do you know <laughs> so <laughs> understanding that I call this um comparing somebody's chapter three to your chapter 30 <laughs> or comparing your chapter three to somebody else's chapter 30. 30. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. So yeah, it was really hard for me to like step aside from me and myself and everything and, and, and to understand that someone is as valuable and as competent to, to do that job, uh, perhaps just differently. Mm-hmm. That was a huge lesson for me. Compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so important. It's so important. Okay. Is there a lesson since you started the company that you, I mean, you probably expected to level up on managerial skills and to level up on the technical side of things and to level up on organization, but is there, is there a lesson that you've learned that you did not expect you would learn? I would say I would say vulnerability Hmm. because a lot of people, you know, I'm suddenly starting a company and all these people see me as a mentor and you call a director because you have to call yourself. And then there's a whole marketing team behind saying, oh, no, you're this and no, you're that. And I'm at the same time that I own want to own this, I want to be, I want to pave my way. I want to climb the ladder respectfully. I don't, I'm not trying to rush into any sort of name. Um, but at the same time, I have to in order to to make people feel like I got this together, right? And jump on my boat, but I, I got this boat together. But at the same time, to see the, the these members every day and to have vulnerable moments in the sense where I forgot my step, I forgot my counts, or there's days, there was one day my dog passed away right before class, I got it. Like I got a text like two minutes before class and I was just in tears. And how do I zoom in with 40 people around the world saying good morning and I'm in, you know, so, mm-hmm. so, so to find that vulnerability and to, to, to make people feel like they can count on me, even when I'm, on, I'm at my lowest or I'm, I'm, I'm at my most vulnerable self, mm. you know, 
Yes. That to me was a huge lesson. And to be okay with that, for me to be okay, because I've always, no, I, I tough, 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 I got this together. Always I have to be smiley and ready to go, professional, right? And sometimes that just doesn't happen. That's just life. Um, so I think that was a lesson that I wasn't ready for. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I One of the things that I'm working to embrace, especially I'm, I'm giving a supreme opportunity to practice it during the lockdown, is to embrace the full human spectrum of emotion and to understand that even at my best, I can't make you think that I am the best. No matter what I bring to you, you might still think I'm full of shit or you might still think I'm lame or I could be, you could call me president of dance and somebody might be like, yeah, she's all right. It's so subjective, yes. So if it's up to them what they think and what they experience, it's up to me what I think and what I experience. And if I'm here for all of it, then buckle up because we're going on a ride. Like you never know what you're going to get. You never know. I might be in tears. I might be in tears. (laughs) And that's truly, yeah, that's truly the journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just being down, being okay with whatever it comes, you know, that, that, that's, yeah, that's a beautiful lesson. All right, so let's talk about the journey now and let's talk about what's next. What are you most excited about right now? I think commercial jobs just don't fulfill me the same way anymore. Um, Just where I'm at in my life. And I think now is to really, I think my whole life was to check, check, check what I'm supposed to do to either being deemed as successful or, 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 great or undeniable however you want to say it right um and i think now life has showed me or has been showing me that things have to come from me first and it it took me a really long time to understand that to be to be very honest um so i think now i'm relearning myself and understanding like what makes me happy within within what i do what makes me happy what 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 does what does spark my 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 creative juices? What what I'm interested in, like all these things, even quarantine, finding out hobbies. I've never had time or mental space for hobbies, like all of that, right? So I think that's the future for me. Modus is is something that I'm super passionate about, and I truly want that to be my 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 legacy. Also, I feel like it's it's a side of me. I've been somewhat very selfish my whole career. Me me me. I go here to get this for me. I perform here so I can have this to say that I had that. It's very me, right? Even though I'm offering my talent to this artist, to that, whatever. Um, but I think with Modus, what's huge, what's huge is that I'm not only, of course, helping me and creating this huge thing, but I'm also helping me, helping others. Like it's a whole different level, a whole different level. All right. I just had to pop out right here because I want to shine a light on this on this idea. Dee said, I've been selfish. Even though I'm offering my talent to someone else, it's still for me. This is something I can really relate to. After 15 years, I guess 16 years now, of gigging in LA for Target or Amazon or Um, Microsoft or Southwest Airlines or any of the pop stars and TV shows and movies that I have um, 
sold my time and talents to. And now I'm creating the podcast for free. Now I'm doing coaching programs. Now I'm finding ways to share what I've learned and empower. I'm really becoming less self-focused in that. But to be honest, I work on myself and my projects and I'm thinking almost exclusively about them for at least eight hours a day or more. So how is that not still selfish? I really wanted to get to the bottom of this kind of discrepancy here that I'm going through internally. Um, And I wanted to go a little deeper. I want to get all the way through it. So yes, I did the thing where I googled the word selfish. And here is what I found the Miriam Webster definition. Selfish means concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself, seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. I'll say that one more time and I'll say it a little bit quicker. And I'll say it in Pig Latin. I'm kidding. I won't say it in Pig Latin. Selfish means concerned exclusively or excessively with oneself, seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. Okay, now hear me out. Some of that actually sounds kind of all right to me. Seeking or concentrating on pleasure, well-being, and advantage. That's actually kind of kind of rock solid. It's the disregard for others and the excessive or exclusive that rubs me the wrong way. Now, what Deanna is saying here and what I want to underline is that there is a way to put yourself first so that you better your ability to service others. There is a way to concentrate on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being, air quotes, with regard for others. And to me, that looks a little bit like saying yes and. My good old fashion favorite improv principle. Yes, I can do well for myself. And you can do well too. Yes, I can go far in my career. And we can go further Farther? Further. What do you say? Further or farther? Further, I think. Together. Yes, I can have a successful career and I can tell you everything about it. Yes, that might help you. Yes, I want to help you. This can be yes and. This can be me and you. So to everyone out there listening who wants to change the world and who wants to do better for themselves... I would say start by taking care of yourself and end with sharing what you've learned. I know that that's not the end of it, but I think that's a pretty good place to start. And that's where I will leave it for now because I'm excited to get back into it with the... You you mentioned success, and I think you might have just answered it, but I would love to, like if we could wrap this up with a bow on it, what is success to you? Success is true fulfillment. True. And what is fulfillment though? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I was about to ask, I wasn't going to let you off that easy. (laughs) Nothing. It's so crazy because nothing is black and white. And that's why it's so hard to, to, to define anything. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why you have to answer with gray. (laughs) 
Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I would say success to me is understanding what will make me truly happy, what will make me feel fulfilled and make me make me go to sleep at night in peace and wake up excited for another day. I think that's the best way I can explain it. I like that. Success is going to sleep at peace and waking up excited. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. Um, to me, and I've been working on this definition, to me, success is simply doing what I said I would do. Mm. If I say, I'm, I can't compete with you. If I say, well, girl, I've been at the drafting table for like nine months now since March 6th. I've been in here like, what do I think about things? What do I have to say? I'm going to put a microphone in front of my face every, every Wednesday. It better be good. Right, so right, right. That, that really, that to me. And then on the flip side of that coin, of course, is the, the opposite question is what is failure? And to me, it's, not doing the thing that I said I would do, even if it's as simple as taking out the trash or calling you when I, if if I said I would, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I really am excited about accountability. It's a question. Go. What if the things that you told yourself that, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this Mm -hmm. are not necessarily, because you, you know, we go through journeys is not necessarily what pleases you so even though you said it that you're going to do it and Mm -hmm. you end up not doing how many times have you not done it and -hmm. realized oh that was actually great well i'll back up a little bit and say that first of all i don't prioritize i don't always prioritize pleasure or things that please me or things that will make me happy um i mentioned already embracing and honoring the full spectrum of human emotion, even if it's devastation, embarrassment, humiliation, um, disappointment, or, or feeling that I've let somebody else down, like, ooh, yikes. I don't, like, those wouldn't deliberately show up on my list of things to do, mm-hmm. but, but my pursuit of success is not, my, is not a pursuit of happiness. Got it. It's a pursuit of a full life. Oh yes, my friends, we're going in. We are definitely getting into the depths here. (laughs) Now, this news about my priorities not being the pursuit of happiness might seem like a shock to you because I am a joy machine. (laughs) My default mood is sunshine and glitter and moonbeams, but... I think that in our human lives, like the full scope of them, we will probably experience a real natural distribution of emotions. Half positive, half negative, half good, half bad. Some really bad, some really good. Most of them falling somewhere in between. I don't personally chase happiness because I believe that out there, wherever it's led me, that that pursuit, I know that out there, even if I, even if I catch it, life will still be 50-50. I think there's a full episode here 
and I do really want to dig into this idea of 50-50, but I'm going to put it in the parking lot for now and jump back in with Dee because I actually really, really loved her ideas about success, and we're going to dig into those a little deeper. Going to sleep at peace and waking up jazzed. Yep, that's it. That paints a pretty serious, like a pretty, a pretty specific picture. And pretty and, simple as well. Yes, but also not easy. Simple, mm. not easy. Going to sleep at peace by itself. I mean, how many things are there in the world for us to get restless and wrecked up about right now? Countless. Before line, impossible. I mean, come on. But really, I do believe that the facts of the world are actually quite neutral. Once we apply that it should be some other way, then we're wrestling and we're like on the mat, sweaty, you know, with all this effort, that's not going to sleep at peace. Mm -hmm. Going to sleep tonight knowing that A is A, B is B, C is C. I can apply whatever thought I want to that. Thinking that is going to keep me up for several more hours. <laughs> Thinking so that it is what it is. It is what it is. This is the fact. I have another favorite saying is simply to let the easy be easy and let the hard be hard. Mm. Some shit will keep you up at night. Let that keep you up. That's hard. Let that be hard. But there's other stuff that doesn't need to be that hard. And you can just put that to sleep when you hit the pillow. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Dana, you're my life coach. Absolutely. Let's go. Um, <laughs> all right. I love talking to you and I could talk to you all day, um, I but, but I digress. I'll let you back out into all your fabulousness. <laughs> you're, it's an honor again. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> all right, my friend. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. I know that I absolutely did. Um, and I hope you do continue digging into the wondrous work of Diana Matos. Um, I hope that you take a me and approach to your life and your career. And she is such a good example of that. All right, now go out into the world, focus on yourself, share it with others, and of course, keep it funky while you do it. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thought you were done? No. Now I'm here to remind you that all of the important people, places, and things mentioned in this episode can be found on my website, thedanawilson.com slash podcast. Finally, and most importantly, now you have a way to become a Words That Move Me member. So kickball changeover to patreon.com slash WTMM podcast to learn more and join. All right, everybody. Now I'm really done. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.